Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Donald Trump's out there. We've got his speech. We have all the goods from that. And we have this week in wokeism. And oh, what a week it was. All that's coming up on I'm Right. The radical left is determined to ruin everything in America. That's what they're doing. Woke politics takes the life and joy out of everything. Wokeism makes you lose, ruins your mind, and ruins you as a person. You become warped. You become demented. We'll obviously have a bunch more from... The president later on in the show break down some of the highlights, but I did want to hit that right off the top as we go into this week in wokeism and all this, and because I was thinking about what he was saying there. I love the way he put it. I think it's important you and I understand something. When this stuff gets passed on to kids, we'll, we'll focus on kids here in a minute, but when we teach kids things like you're evil if you're white, you're oppressed if you're black, 
America is an evil, racist place. America slaughtered the Native Americans. America is terrible. You stink. Everything stinks. Society stinks. We're ultimately creating a society of miserable people. Miserable people. And how grossly unfair is that to the next generation? Who's learning how to be miserable? I mean, you and I can play all these college videos of some college kids saying something stupid, and I've done it, and we've done it, and we all laugh, but you know what's really sad? You look at that idiot in the college video, and you should actually feel bad for him, because that person not only has been taught to hate himself, his country, and everything else, that person very likely, unless there's some kind of miracle transition, that person will very likely be miserable for the rest of their lives. There is no happiness there. There's no joy there. All these people are miserable. So now as we go into this week in wokeism, how can you get miserable, right? How can, how can these college kids be so miserable? How do we have so many young adults out there miserable, hating America, everything sucks? Well, I mean, let's go to Kentucky. We have a school district. I'm not, not making this up. In Kentucky, we have a school district planning a year-long anti-racist mathematics training program for the teachers. The goal of this program is to, quote, eliminate curricular violence and innovate mathematics education through anti-bias, anti-racist, racially equitable practices. I know what you're saying. Well, Jesse, that, what does that mean? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, how can that apply to math? I don't know, but I've warned you about that before, and you have, to, you have to be aware of this, all right? They don't look at the world. The communists don't look at the world the way you or I look at the world. What does that mean? Well, right now, you're looking around the country, and we'll go into some more wokeism stuff here in a minute, but you're looking around at all this insanity, and you're horrified, right? How many times do you say to your wife, say to your husband, can you believe this? Uh, are we living on an alternate planet? You're just horrified right now, right? Uh, me too. Same thing. I have to keep reminding myself this, so I'll keep reminding you this. The communists, the American communists, the cultural Marxists who have taken over every pillar in this society, they don't look at America right now and think to themselves, nice, we did it. They don't think that way. They don't look at the world that way. They're looking at America right now and saying to themselves, oh man, we haven't completely ruined that. How do we take over there? Oh, we have to ruin that. What I'm saying to you is they're not even close to done. They're not going to get to a stopping point any minute now where they look around and say, that's all, we have enough. They don't think in those terms. How can they get into math? I mean, how can you make math something like this? I don't know. You don't know, because you would never think of it, but they do. Five years from now, shoot, five minutes from now, they'll have infected and infested something I didn't see coming, you didn't see coming, and we'll keep sitting back and saying to ourselves, what? How, how does that work? Until we realize they're never, ever, ever going to stop. Oh, it continues. There's more madness out there. A CDC-backed group, a CDC-backed group, I mind you, instituted a curriculum in Nebraska on sex education, which teaches eight-year-olds about hormone blockers used to transition prepubescent children 
as well as the differences between cisgender and transgender and gender expression. Eight years old. But again, this goes right back to what I was just saying to you. I know you're passionate about your politics. You're passionate about your country, your belief system. If you're watching my show every night on, on the first, you're passionate. I get that. But still, you would never look at an eight-year-old and say, I need to get in there and take over his education so I can control what he believes. You don't think like that. I don't think like that. But we do have to understand they do. They don't look at your kids as being your kids. They look at your kids and fantasize about how they're going to rip them from your arms and teach them things you hate and then teach them to hate you. You remember that uh, rapper? Don't worry, I'm not going to show you anything bad. That rapper Lil Nas X, he had that song, I don't know, Old Town Road or something like that. It was big and he was playing for kids all over the country and the kids were singing it and everyone loved it. I mean, all the kids love him now, right? All looking up to him. He has a new music video out. I am not showing it to you. Uh, you can go look yourself if you want. He's dancing with a bunch of other dudes. And I'm just going to go ahead and leave that alone. It's, it's just, it's, yeah. But hey, all the kids were there. You remember we had to blur this one out for you. Another video he did. Another controversy. Again, they don't look at your kids and say, wow. Those are precious kids. We should leave them alone. They look at your kids and think, how can I get them hooked and then influence them to whatever disgusting cultural Marxist perversion I can come up with next? Oh, what else is Lil Nas X doing? He's raising money to bail out criminals in that music video that I'm not going to show you. That, that's to raise money. Oh, and it doesn't stop at music. It doesn't stop at a mathematics curriculum in Kentucky. They want it all, you see. The Cleveland Indians are now the Cleveland Guardians. Now, I'm not uniquely invested in the Cleveland Indians or Guardians or whatever you're supposed to call them now. I'm not invested in Major League Baseball since I pretty much quit watching sports altogether. But how much longer are we going to let these crazy children run the country? How long until we get some corporate boardrooms, some CEOs that get these protests from these outrage groups and just say, no, no, I don't think I will change that. I think you can have all the protests you want. I'm not changing a thing. Maybe the crisis we have right now in America, maybe the crisis we have is the crisis of guts. Maybe people don't have guts anymore. Maybe that's it. Did you see the Washington Redskins? Oh, I mean, the Washington football team? <laughs> They're going to fine unvaccinated players $15,000, close to $15,000, if they violate COVID protocols. But if you're vaccinated, you don't get fined at all. Even notoriously lefty players like DeAndre Hopkins are coming out saying, wait, what? Am I going to have to leave the NFL over this? I don't want the vaccine. But the system decides on a message. It decides on a message, and it beats that message into us time and time and time and time again. That's why you have such a high percentage of Americans convinced, utterly convinced, about things that aren't true. How many Americans out there, how many Americans think America sucks? Do we want to have that talk? 
Do we want to ask that question? I think we should, because remember, we have a patriotism problem above all. If we have a country where half the population hates it, I mean, even, look, all right, let's be nice. Even if it's not half, 30, 40%, I think we could probably be safe on that, right? 30, 40% of the country hates the country. How do you continue? What in the world makes you expect you're going to continue? And I'll tell you, I'm just pointing out the Olympic ratings here. Speaking of continuing, Olympic ratings, they're in the toilet. 33-year low, uh, men's basketball teams losing to France. The women's team, of course, lost, or women's soccer team, of course, lost to Sweden. That was hilarious. So all that stuff aside. But speaking of continuing, if people aren't even watching the Olympics anymore, one, that's good. I support you. If you want to go woke, that's fine. Stop watching. But two, It does say something on a macro level that's sad for our country, doesn't it? We are separating. We are separating. Everybody may not be out there vocally saying it on TV or radio or Twitter or Facebook or wherever you watch and distribute your news. But the truth of the matter is, if America is going to the Olympic Games and Americans are changing the channel and American athletes are kneeling for the flag... The truth is, this separation I've warned you about, it's already happening. And I hope you know, when I talk about a national divorce, I I don't say that from a place where I'm happy about it. But I do believe we should get one, and I believe it is inevitable, actually. You can't have a nation where people don't share common values. Then it's not a nation anymore. I don't want to live in a country where my eight-year-old is taught about uh, transgenderism, I don't want to live in a place where his algebra class teaches him math is racist. I don't want him to think about politics when he goes to a baseball game. I just want to live in a normal country. You just want to live in a normal country. And if they won't allow us to do that, I fear for the future. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We have an outstanding show for you. That was This Week in Wokeism. Your home title is not a piece of paper in a bank vault. Your home title, it's your biggest financial vulnerability. They're out there stocking it online right now. Guys like this. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh, no, I have title insurance for that. No, it's it's in my name. Or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, or done whatever I've done with it, it's 60 to 90 days to even figure out that, that they're the victim of this crime. You know, by that point, you start getting foreclosure notices, and you realize you've got four mortgages on your house. Not only that, you don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. Don't want it happen to you. <laughs> Believe me, you don't want that feeling I had of opening up your email and seeing your home title with someone else's signature on it. Go to HomeTitleLock.com now. Use the promo code RADIO. That gets you 30 days for free. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. Like it or not, we are becoming a communist country. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. We are beyond socialism. You know, when you have no press... When you have no press that you can talk to, that's how a communist country begins. Where is he wrong? Where is he wrong? 
How creepy is everything you're seeing out there now? Have you seen everything else from online today? Facebook, PayPal, all these online groups teaming up to make sure they're taking care of disinformation or white supremacist violence. We know what they're doing. He's not wrong. We now have a system that has decided you and I are the enemy. That's a creepy place to be, especially because it doesn't all have to come from the government because every part of our country is now run by the people who feel the same way. The government doesn't have to mandate a vaccine passport for you. The government simply has to go to its partners in the private sector and say, make them have a vaccine before they can come into your restaurant. Make them have a vaccine before they do this. The government doesn't have to to directly monitor your social media communications when all the social media companies agree with everything the government does and are more than happy to pass along anything they can. It's time to talk about how creepy this is. It's a creepy place. It's a creepy It's a creepy place when you know you can't say things out loud. I mean, think about think about the election real quick before we get to Trump's, Trump's comments on it. I mean, you watched all the video. Maybe you think the whole thing was stolen, maybe you think it was totally on the up and up, but I think we all saw enough to know, I mean, we should maybe ask some questions. I mean, shouldn't we ask some questions? Could someone please explain this? And instead, you're just told, shut up, don't bring that up. What are you, a conspiracy theorist? Quit that. Trump went off about it. Just so you understand, you know, we talk about cancel culture. The biggest thing that they want canceled is they don't want you talking about the election that just took place because they say, holy, <laughs> they caught us. They caught us. Where is he wrong? And I'll tell you, that's the thing about censorship. This is why it doesn't work. The more the system demands you and I shut up about this, shut up about the vaccine, and shut up about the election, and shut up about this, the more you demand that we be quiet, the more I think you're hiding something. And it's not working. By the grace of God, people aren't trusting. 61% of voters believe election reform must happen in states like Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia. That's according to a new Rasmussen poll. 61%. The system can scream it in your face, in my face, all they want. You and I still know what our eyes see. And I'm glad, I'm glad he went off on weak Republicans, too. What they're asking for is incredible. The Green New Deal is going to destroy our country, this Green New Deal. It's Green New bullshit. Sadly, even in many red states, the rhinos are letting the radical left have their way on everything. You know that. In, in fact, I have to say this. In many cases, these weak Republicans or rhinos, these weak Republicans are worse. They're worse than Democrats. And you have a couple of examples right here in Arizona. They're going to be defeated. As sure as you're sitting there, they're going to be defeated in the primaries by real Republicans. Where's he wrong in that? That's why I'm so hard on the right. You and I have had this talk a million times. I am so hard on the right because you're the people I need standing with me. When, when, the, when the worst happens again and something bad is always around the corner, you know how that works, and you, are, you and I are out there fighting for something. We need the people on our own side to be strong, and we're never strong. We're never strong. We always have so many people cave, and we lose control of the narrative, and it ruins it all. I'm glad he's still talking about Hunter Biden, too. 
Hunter Biden's getting $500,000. It's a bribe. It's disgraceful. And the fake news media is talking about it like it's okay. But we should have transparency. It's unbelievable. All right. We're going to do a brief pause here for a moment. I'm going to play this clip again. And I'm going to play this clip not so much so you can hear the president. I want you to listen to the woman in the background, because we all have to have a talk real quick about this woman and about you. Mr. Producer, play that clip again. Hunter Biden's getting $500,000. It's a bribe. It's disgraceful. And the fake news media is talking about it like it's okay. But we should have transparency. It's unbelievable. Be quiet when someone's giving a speech. I understand you care about stuff and, and, and you're passionate about it. Nobody showed up to that speech to hear that woman run her mouth. Be quiet when he's speaking. You can't even, you, never mind. You know what? I'm going to let that go for now. Speeches are a one-way thing. That's all I'm going to say. But back to the Hunter Biden thing. We've never gotten real answers on this yet. And don't you think we should? In fact, the White House is pretty much mocking us to our faces that everything is private. The drugged out son of the president of the United States, the man who is still financially invested in our arch enemy, China, he is selling crappy artwork for $500,000 a pop, and we don't know who the buyers are? Wrap your mind around the fact we don't know who the buyers are. Who's buying influence? Who's writing those checks? China? Putin? Some scumbag in Venezuela? Who is buying influence with the son of the President of the United States of America? Don't you think that's something we should all know? At least the American people look like they're starting to see 55% of Americans are pessimistic about the direction of the country. Optimism has plummeted nearly 20 points since May. Well, yeah. And the problem is we're stuck with this thing now. I mean, we just had an election. He's doing everything he said he was going to do. Gas prices are up, inflation's up, borders wide open. It's a disaster. We have a president who's a half-functioning adult in the White House. Now we're stuck with him, at least for another six months or so. They're, they're, they have to make this guy retire soon. I'll never believe he makes the midterms. All right, that's enough of that. Here's some good news. You know you can get an app and watch me all day long here on the 1st. Go to the First TV app. You can just find it right there in any app store, the First TV. You can get all our shows on demand. You can get all our shows live, the entire lineup. Go get it now. We'll be back. Do you think masks yeah. should be brought back for vaccinated Americans? You know, Jake, this is under active consideration. If you're asking, am I, part of, am I part of the discussion? The CDC still says and recommends that if you are vaccinated fully, that you do not need to wear a mask indoors. However, if you look at what's going on locally in the trenches in places like L.A. County, the local officials have the discretion and the CDC agrees with that ability and discretion capability. 
Joining me now, hopefully to explain exactly what I'm hearing time and time again, is former Congressman John Fleming. He's also a senior advisor to President Trump. Congressman, could you please uh, translate what I just heard? <laughs> wear a mask, don't wear a mask, get vaccinated. It's, it's don't get vaccinated, you need more vaccinations. What exactly am I supposed to do? Well, uh, Dr. Fauci is truly an enigma. He... Um, he takes both sides of the issue, sometimes simultaneously, and hard to figure out. And uh, you could tell there was quite a bit of hesitation in that interview. Uh, I think he has not decided for himself. But look, the, the, the issue is simple and straightforward. There's no reason to go back to mask mandates. Uh, look, everybody who wants to be or is eligible to be vaccinated uh, can and has been by this point. Now, some people have really delayed it, but now they're moving forward on it. But anybody that's made a decision clearly to be vaccinated have or should have been vaccinated. Now, unfortunately, in some places, uh, only about half adults have, have actually done that. But uh, look, it, it, it's an American's choice. You can take the risk of getting the disease you have maybe a 1% chance of dying, depending on your age and your uh, health status. But on the other hand, there's no reason to force other adults to have to wear a mask, which are of, of questionable efficaciousness anyway. And so um, I, I just think that, again, it's just more psychobabble, so more double talk coming from Dr. Fauci. There is no science that, that supports returning to masks and certainly to shutdowns. Congressman, now obviously you're a much more highly educated man than I am, being an MD and all that, but I, I don't understand when we started getting people or telling people they had to get vaccinated for something that may not pose a significant risk to them. That's just so odd to me that when did this happen? For instance, kids. Now, understand, I understand coronavirus is extremely deadly to old people with pre-existing conditions, people with big, big weight problems. I get all that. But a, a, a child who's not at risk, why are we vaccinating that child? Well, to be honest with you, vaccinations have not been uh, authorized for children, uh, at least below age 12. Uh, so many children are not even eligible right now, which is fair. Uh, we don't want our children to be vaccinated until it's been fully studied. Now, children 12 and above are being vaccinated. Uh, I, I will point this out, and again, as a physician, for many, many decades, uh, schools, both K-12 and also colleges, have required vaccinations of all types. Meningococcal is, is, is a classic one that we're seeing, which has cut down on uh, meningitis. Uh, so I, I think the, the whole idea behind requiring it in certain venues, such as hospital staff, such as schools, uh, is not inappropriate. It's, it's something we've done for years, and there was a recent decision out of Indiana that supported that. But having said that, among adults, uh, just uh, walking freely in society and being in public places, it's really their personal decision for themselves and for their children whether or not choose to have vaccinations. But I will also say that the, the record on this vaccination that was created in the Trump administration, a miraculous development, has proven to be very, very safe. How long till 
you think more people are going to be trusting of it. Look, look, I, I understand that the people feel different ways about getting vaccinated or the vaccine or whatnot, but when people say things like, well, it's not even approved by the CDC, and then you have a couple scare headlines out there, whether they be accurate or not, I get a lot of people tell me, mostly privately, hey, I'm just going to wait a little while longer and see if there are any more complications with it. What say you? Well, uh, let's go to the empiric facts. There's nothing that the vaccine can and will do to you that the infection won't do as much, if not more. So I tell all of my friends, I tell my colleagues, I tell family, I tell everyone that, look, if you, you know, yes, you could have some reaction to the vaccine, but that reaction is an immune response. Even if it's a negative effect, it's still an immune response. You're going to get that same immune response when you get the infection. The problem is that uh, at least in about 1% of adults, specifically 1.6% of adults, it could lead to death. And a greater percentage, maybe as much as 5 or 10, will end up in the hospital and maybe on ventilators. So I don't think we need to make this a political issue. It's a straightforward science question. Uh, we have freedom in the United States and Americans, American adults, should be able to make their own decisions about whether they have a vaccine. But I think the vast, vast majority of physicians like myself encourage people to get that. Eventually, we're going to reach herd immunity. It's about 70% of the population. So between the people who are getting the infection and those who have the vaccine, we'll eventually get there. And I'll also point out to people that, yes, there is some breakthrough on the vaccine, uh, but the people who get the infection generally get a mild infection. And, and so that's a very good thing. It protects them from death. What, what is herd immunity? Break it down for those of us who didn't go to medical school. <laughs> well, it's really very simple if you think about it. Herd immunity means that uh, a certain percent of the population has to be, uh, to, to be resistant to that infection so that it isn't spread from one individual to another. So the more contagious it is, the higher percent of the population has to be uh, at that level. So... For instance, if it were very difficult infection to contract from others, maybe 30%, 40% would be fine. But as you know, especially with the new Delta variant, it's highly infectious, very contagious. So it's going to require about a 70% of the population to have some level of immunity. Therefore, it's not being passed from one individual to another. After one or two people uh, that receive it, it's spread to, then it stops because it hits somebody who is immune. So we're going to get there whether we like it or not. It's just that we will get there faster and with fewer deaths if we have mass vaccinations. Doctor, these lockdowns, I don't know how we can look at lockdowns as any kind of a success. How can I look at them as any kind of a success? Some of the, some of the places that locked down strictly had massive amounts of death. Other places, South Dakota, Florida, Texas, that opened up sooner, they didn't have any massive uptick. Mm -hmm. Are lockdowns a solution when a new virus hits? I understand you have to do something. Maybe lockdowns were not the way to go. Right. No, lo lockdowns were never a solution. There was a purpose early on in the pandemic for lockdowns, and it was done for the proper reason. And that was to slow the spread so that we would not overwhelm our healthcare system. As you recall, and I was in the White House in the West Wing, building calls, trying to get staff and trying to get ventilators and masks and all kinds of gloves, everything to the various hospitals out there. What we didn't want to see 
is doctors having to basically triage people and say, look, you live, you die, you live, you die, only because there just weren't enough ventilators to go around. And it was successful in doing that. Trump administration did a great job along with Health and Human Services to make it where nobody ever died simply because there wasn't a ventilator available. However, once we got the ventilators, once we got the staff, once we got the hospitals built up, there was never, ever another reason to lock down. And the masks were only needed until we had significant vaccination rates, which we do now. And so there's no reason for masks except in certain special situations, of course. And so, uh, you know, the only thing left to do is for people to get their vaccinations and go on with their lives. We need to open business up. We need to have employees come in and, and work their shifts. We need government to go back to work. Uh, we need to stop all this nonsense that continues to go. And as you know, there's more discussions now about remasking. In fact, my home state of Louisiana just put out from the Department of Health that they're recommending that we go back to mass uh, in, in many, in, certainly in public circumstances. And I totally disagree with that. I think that's the wrong way to go. Congressman, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Always a pleasure. Thank you. All right. We've got Dave Brack coming up next. He's another former congressman, no big deal. Hang on. This is always the highlight of my week, getting to talk to the dean. Joining me now, former congressman and current dean of business at Liberty University, Dave Bratt. Congressman, jobless claims. We hear this all the time. Jobless claims up, jobless claims down. People can't make any sense of what we're looking at or what we're seeing or why we're seeing it. All right, how's the economy? What's up with the jobless claims? Yeah, well, they, uh, they, they can't understand that because I think there's been an intentional move uh, not to have a financially literate society. Uh, ask your kids what they're learning in K-12 to uh, about economics or finance or running a business, and the answer is about zero. And then in higher ed, they're learning something about business. They're learning that business is morally bad. Thesis statement <clears throat> from Karl Marx. And so jobless claims, yeah, it's, it is complex, <clears throat> and the unemployment rate is co more complex than you would think. There's several definitions of it, and you got to be a student of it. And you got to learn how it all fits in the overall macroeconomic narrative. <clears throat> and that narrative only makes sense if you have working markets, which we do not. And so now, as we make the move towards statist capitalism, uh, with a surveillance state added, <laughs> and maybe cryptocurrencies coming in our future, uh, it becomes even harder to interpret these numbers. And then add-on checks uh, that, you know, $10 trillion worth of fiscal stimulus sent out by the federal government uh, that have to do with jobless claims and are, are in some way trying to capture human welfare, which we all care about. And so you're right. It, it's a staggering, it, it seems like a simple question. Hey, jobless claims are up or down. It's simple. Uh, it's no longer simple because the state uh, is messing around with this economy big time. You said we used to have open markets, indicating yeah. we don't now. What does yeah. that mean? What are you talking about? Well, just the, the size and the scale of government, right? And it, it's not only that, right? Our, our 
our budget is four trillion dollars right the federal budgets four trillion dollars a year but when i was teaching economics uh, for 20 years i'd ask my students here's a better measure of of the role of the federal government and state government and local government in your life <clears throat> can you tell me one part of your house right and first how many parts and pieces are there in your house <clears throat> Ten thousand. i don't know whatever uh, can you tell me one part or piece of your house that's not regulated by the government? Water heater, regulated. Pitch of your roof, regulated. How many outlets per room, regulated. Carpet fiber, regulated. Square footage, regulated. Uh, cement flooring, regulated. Garage, regulated. I get that, right? So when you can't name one part of a home, and I could do any other product, right? Automobile or whatever, that's not regulated, uh, that's what you call federal intervention. And every one of those interventions is put there most likely by a lobbyist who gets something out of adding that one line. Hey, you got to have our type of carpet, which doesn't cause cancer if you lick it for 24 hours in a row. Right? I mean, some of it's just absurd on its face. And that was a joke, by the way. Uh, and But they get that, you, hey, you got to add this type of carpet because it doesn't cause cancer. Uh and they get that into code and you got guaranteed profits locked in because you got a friend in Congress uh, for eternity. Why do you think it's intentional? You mentioned in the very beginning that we have intentionally made people financially stupid. Who did yeah. it and why? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll go way back on you on this just because I like throwing it in there. But Please the, do. the world has been carved up into two uh, pieces. Uh, by two moral philosophers. Uh, and that is their significance. And then the two moral philosophers also happen to be economists. One uh, was a you know Judeo-Christian quasi-Protestant named Adam Smith, uh, who set up the laissez-faire free market economy that made everybody rich. The, and he's responsible for over half the world uh, and, the, and the economies, although they're fading fast. And then the other is, of course, Karl Marx, 1840, Communist Manifesto, Father Socialism, Scientific Socialism, which is an oxymoron. <clears throat> and he's responsible for the totalitarian state and the surveillance state. Uh, he didn't believe in any values or virtues. He said they're superstructure, they don't exist. He didn't believe in human rights. And that system right now is winning. And so why is it, the question was, why don't we teach financial literacy or economics or finance in high school? <clears throat> because the Marxists have lost every economic argument they've entered. There's no proof, there's no, in, in, in science and economics, you, you use data uh, to support or reject a hypothesis. Uh, every one of Karl Marx, Marx's economic hypotheses has been dismantled for hundreds of years. Uh, but that's not what matters. What matters is his moral argument, right? So we don't want to teach economics because that would disprove Marxian economics right now and the socialist systems that hurt people instead of help people. The free market system has produced human rights, women's rights, civil rights, all the rights we know of, higher living standards, welfare, higher caloric intake, higher life expectancy, everything you want in the world has come to you from free market economics. They don't want you to learn that lesson. They want you to learn the one moral lesson uh, from Karl Marx and that there is an oppressed and an oppressor. 
and they will tell you who that is depending on what day it is. And so that's why oh. we don't teach economic education. Yeah, but why are they winning? I, I've, I've never been able to wrap my mind around this. There has to be a reason. It blows me away. Like you said, the historical record, the data doesn't lie. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't like capitalism, fine, set that aside. Right. You can't look at the history of communism and think anything other than that is horrible, yet they are winning. Why? Yeah. Well, uh, put shortly, in addition to uh, an abundance of academic and intellectual errors, they're also mean and they don't fight fair. So if you look at the Fortune 500 firms right now falling prey to ESG, I won't go into all that, but folks need to go learn what that is, ESG investing. If you don't go along with the dictates of the Marxian moral philosophy, they will annihilate you. They will ruin your reputation, your education, They'll ruin your consumer if you're in business. They'll ruin your reputation. And our side doesn't do that because we're taught to like love our neighbor and all these kind of nice things, right? And I'm, I'm, I hate to be sarcastic, uh, but it is a deficit, right? Uh, when, you, when you're in a tradition that takes seriously the love command, really not the sentimental sugar high kind, uh, but, the, but the real type of loving people and, and doing what's not always in your best interest to help others, uh, you may lose some battles uh, in in the short run in history. We believe in the end we win that that the big deal. Uh, but that's why we're losing. We're, we're we're following the rule of law. We're following ethics. We're following ideals. The other side is not compelled to follow any of those constraints in their view. Dave, you mentioned the international economy is going through uncharted waters. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, well, add add together I, everything I just said about the United States, right? Ten trillion in fiscal stimulus, three or four extra trillion in monetary. We're printing money, regulatory state, the surveillance state. Our big tech firms now have the power to silence a sitting president of the United States. Uh, they're taking over the Fortune 500 on messaging, <clears throat> et cetera. Now aggregate that up to the global level. And uh, we're last to the Marxist party, right? Europe's already gone, right? They got my, you think we got migration problems. <clears throat> uh, their culture is in, in the tatters right now. Their economies are in the tatters. And the biggie, of course, is China. They have a demographic uh, crisis. Peter Zeehan, if you want to check him out, you can go see him on YouTube. He's got a nice uh, short analysis of w what's coming up in China. Uh, they've had a no kids policy for 20 years. And so, if you haven't had kids for 20 years, guess what? You don't have any young people right now. You don't have any consumer getting ready to consume and build homes and buy washing machines and all that. So China is in a real pickle. They also have a huge debt problem, a huge real estate problem, a lack of growth problem. And the world is thinking about boycotting them from the Olympics. If that happens, if we do follow any semblance of moral action as, as a country and, and you know Australia and Japan with us, uh, that would be devastating to China. And the global order already is at its end, right? And, and China cannot survive without that global order, energy in particular, but trade overall. They cannot survive, we can. That would be devastating to China if we end up upend China's e economy and the production of their 20 trillion economy for their 1.4 billion people, that has a huge impact on the global economy. 
and that spirals through the the rest of our economies uh, for a decade or two to come. So uh, you know, I hate to be the uh, <laughs> the the pessimistic economist, but I think we got you know two to five years left of this cycle of capital flowing here and there, and it's also devastating to Africa, for example. Experts in the field say Africa's got about a two to five year window. Uh, for the U.S. to really do some uh, positive investment in Africa and to upend some of China's supply chains in Africa. <clears throat> and after that window, things are going to get very rough demographically and population-wise for Africa as well. Hey, Brad, thank you so much for always making it smarter. I appreciate you. Hey, appreciate you back. Thanks, brother. It is something to think about and something else to think about. What if action is taken against China? What are they going to do? Got a major country, major military, aggressive country. You think China lays back and takes that? Something to think about. All right, we're not done. We got more. Hang on. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. I personally have not been watching the Olympics, but whenever I see an, an athlete perform at their highest level, I do think to myself, man, that is that has to be decades of training, just decades of focus and hard work, and to watch it all come to fruition on the Olympic stage, I, I thought this particular moment was beautiful. What a performance. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.